Holy moly, this is Eddie Ibanez, CryptoZoo, where we're breeding sharks and bears and much, much more. Josh, Jeff, and Ethan are my favorite animals in NFT space, and they know what's up. So if you're lost in the NFT zoo, stick with them and you'll find your way. Holy moly. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Eddie Ibanez of CryptoZoo, an autonomous ecosystem where zoo owners breed, collect, and trade exotic hybrid animals via NFTs. Eddie is a tech entrepreneur and pioneer in computer tech and data patterns. As a teenager, he successfully hacked AOL from his bedroom. He continued to pursue computer science until attending MIT. He was then recruited out to work for a government agency in cybersecurity, developing software that reverse engineers the location of known government and terrorist threats. Whoa, Eddie, intense bio. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. We're really excited to hear about CryptoZoo. And shout out to our good friend, Zach Kelling, who I know is is grinding, working on this amazing game that you guys have been putting together for introducing us. And we really appreciate having friends that are on the cutting edge of NFTs, keeping us alert to things like CryptoZoo and what you've been working on. So kudos to you for finding Zach as well. He's a great guy. Great guy. Thank you very much. Yeah, Eddie, look, man, uh, the bio said it all, right? You, your team, you have such a deep tech and blockchain background. You could probably do anything in the space you wanted, right? So how did the idea for CryptoZoo come together? And, and what about that concept has made it an attractive way to spend your time? Well, I'd say it's all from Mr. Paul, right? It's really his idea and I'm just lucky to be a part of it. I think he came up with the idea. We were talking and then, you know, kind of decided, hey, this might be something that we could uh, venture with together. What got me excited was, you know, like every, I've done a lot of interesting things in my life and I've always kind of gauged them like, yeah, like how much money you can make versus like if it's cool. And like, if it's cool, usually wins in my book. Uh, I mean, it's like probably making more money, like, I don't know, working in an insurance, like starting an insurance company or something like that. But when uh, the idea of breeding animals came up, I, I remember just thinking to myself, wow, okay, cool. Keep talking, man. This sounds interesting. It sounds cool. And like, what do you mean by breeding these animals? I mean, that's kind of how it came up. It's been like one of the most fun projects. And I'd say like almost finding purpose in life from it because we're giving the, I mean, not only are we creating a fun game, not only are we like, uh, like opening up a new world of technology through NFTs to a different crowd, but we're giving, the way our game works is, you know, you have an NFT, you can breed an animal, you can hatch the animal, you can grow the animal, and then you can get yielded tokens, which can be, you know, swapped for real currency. And then I think what we're giving is, is people the, an opportunity to perhaps make money and afford themselves a different path in life and success than perhaps maybe they started out with. So I think that's like, I don't know. I just want to say, I love how you self bleeped yourself for our audience. Like, I think that was uh, Eddie's reaction at this idea was holy moly, right? Yeah. I totally get it. Like the things that are possible with NFTs are, are really infinite and unparalleled. Sure. And I want to thank Josh for bringing those phrases that they overdub onto things that would get bleeped out in like TV movies and stuff like that. 
holy moly come on man <laughs> we can do better, better. How, about, how about holy guacamole holy guacamole something like that well eduardo holy moly crypto zoo had a lot of early attention and traction but logan paul's uh, public involvement helped to create this rocket ship and i'm curious like where did you meet this guy like how did you connect over this that throughout life like where did i meet someone's always been interesting i want to say we uh we were introduced Later on, it's going to be asked, where did you meet Ethan, Jeff, and Josh? And how did those guys get <laughs> you into trouble? But yeah. Great, great. Move uh, forward. You know, Say we met with through a mutual friend. Okay, that's boring. Wait, give us some detail. <laughs> At yeah, a party uh, or an introduction or? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it was New York really, City. No, I think it was, it was in uh, Los Angeles. And we met through a mutual friend. And just talking about like, hey, Logan has this great passion in the NFT and crypto space. I had a little bit of background. It was more like, hey, maybe you two should meet. Cool. Awesome. There you go. It's an example of how organic some of these project launches are and where it all begins. Let's dive a little deeper into Crypto Zoo and go into the zoo. You know, one of the more notable aspects of the game is this ability to make crossbreed NFT animals that can yield these zoo tokens and then you make money from them. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that works and where that came from? That's your thing. So we wanted to create, you know, like NFTs were or were craze and are craze. And then we wanted to like come up with an experience that's a little bit more gamified that would have a little bit more, not saying they don't have a little bit more of long-term sustainable value. Now in inspecting this technology, right, these non-fungible tokens, I saw like there were a few things that would make them last a long, and this is just my opinion, right? So flame me, say whatever you want, call me an idiot. I'm fine with that. I could call that on a daily basis. But like I see art, right? Everyone knows art's cool. There's appreciation, that cool tax deduction, all that type of stuff. But then what I saw is, is that especially with like being able to track back and then, then to give back a portion to the originator, I was thinking, man, dude, you know what? This, you know what would be fudging cool that I like budge? It would be that if you could do that on a secondary market with tickets, meaning like, you know, you create an event, something cool and people save tickets, right? I do too. I love going to concerts. And then you have that experience, that memory. And then, but that, that if I'm the Miami Dolphins or if I'm uh, I don't know, one of these sports teams, every time I sell you a ticket, I make money. Every time you sell him a ticket on StubHub, I don't make money anymore, right? So then it's a benefit to an underlying user. So then what we're thinking about, so then going back to the zoo, right? So, all right, cool, that's fun, fudging cool. So then like, what do we have here? And then, so we have like, I think building blocks for that built in on the back end, and maybe for that and for other, to slap on other types of games. And then like, so you take an egg, you buy an egg with the zoo, right? Which is, uh, you know, like a token that we've created on the side. And these tokens will be yielded. There's a certain allotment saved to be yielded for in-game play. So then a user purchased with the zoo and then they have an egg. And then there's these in-game actions that they do, like such as like hatch, right? Hatch the egg, you get the, your animal, which is, uh, you know, just like a, based off of rarity, you get yielded tokens. So if I have a, a common, Let's say I might get yielded the flat, no multiplier tokens. If I have a epic or mythical, that multiplier may be a five X off, off of what that base animals yield was. So that's pretty cool. And then like, then we're thinking like, how do we make this even more gamified and then have the animals breed, right? So then you can have two types of animals. So if you got a rare and a super rare, you know, <laughs> that might be a 200 X multiplier off of yield. And then what was so cool was that, um, in showing people like this game, like most people don't even care about the yield as much, right? They just care about seeing these images. 
and like, you should look at their face light up. And then here's when I knew that I had to give everything right for this project was I was talking, I have a nine-year-old daughter, I have three kids, nine, five, and three, Coda, JJ, and Vince. And then my nine-year-old daughter, I showed her the game. She loved it. Well, she's hashing eggs and everything. I get a call from uh, my ex-wife and I get three times in a row. So I know I have to pick up <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? She's like, Eddie, what the heck are you doing in that office? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I got a call from my daughter's science teacher, Coda. And she says that, and Coda's going around saying that you can take a bear and a shark and that it's real. The pictures are real. They're not fake because we're not using cartoon images. Right. And then and I'm like, and she's like, and then she's telling everybody, no, it's real. My dad does it for work in his office. Yeah. And I get it. <laughs> I got an interesting phone call. But then like I saw the way the kids lit up and then I took it to like a few 60 year old billionaire friends. And then like, you know, we're talking about a ton of projects. And then the one that kept sticking, everybody's like, hey, Eddie, that, that great, 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 great. Hey, what's up with those animals? Can I see those animals again? And then that's when I knew like, wow. Is there thinking, wow, baby shark was so popular. Why not bear shark? Right. Right. And then that all that credit goes to Mr. Logan Paul. Like he I mean, he, he he's an eye for virality. And, uh, and then, then I was like, well, I'm a believer. Yeah, yeah, it does definitely sound like at its inception was this idea that these animals that people breed can be showcased on social media. I mean, given yeah, that, like that, that is sort of a key part of um, his DNA, right? Let's go a little deeper on that subject then. Like, so how else do you anticipate like users being able to engage with these hybrid animals that they're creating? Like, are there other features or cool things on the roadmap that like double down on that concept? Totally. So there are, so like one of them, I mean, there's a ton and then I can give out a few. One of them is like, if in order to generate, so let's say you have that 5X multiplier yield, you only get that if you keep your animal happy, like thinking back to the Tamagotchi phase, right? So the animal's fed or whatever type of thing we're doing. And then like, what's cool is the way that, you know, Zach and those guys have written the SDKs is that we can layer uh, like games on top of them. So then you can take your animal into like these games that are like relatively open source and then you know, there's a bunch of functionality there, whether it's a race and you can bet, whether if it's like your animals within in like a Sonic game engine and you can take them through, there's that whole type of functionality that's coming out. And then I think one of the coolest things to me, which may not be cool to anyone else, cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like an old nerd, is that we're creating products around these animals. So since, uh, since a lot of the, you own like the trademark in essence to your, to your animal, right? Or a fraction of it. So then when we create a product, a portion of that, if the product has an animal on it, whether it's a t-shirt, a hat, or a vodka, portion of those sales will get rewarded to the, like, like their yield in tokens to the user, right? At a percentage basis. So it's just like a commission structure. Oh, nice, man. Yeah. I mean, we were big fans of some of the elements of the V friends drop when that came out. And the thing, one of the cool things we've been following is the thread of being able to take you know, all of those characters and actually you know, develop that IP, you know, create a backstory for them, create merch and videos and, and all these different forms of revenue generating content around these storylines that are developing. I can see so many fun things come out of CryptoZoo, right? Like very, very similar threads of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I remember having a meeting with Gary and uh, he really hit that home as well, like merchandise. Yeah. To right on. Totally. And I guess with a project of this size and sophistication and attention, what are some of the challenges that come with that sort of territory that you've had to sort of confront along the way and leading up to the launch? Well, there can't be many challenges, Chester. Serious? Come on. 
<laughs> there's always like the technical challenges to make sure you have the best product out there for users. And then there's always that like balance of like, you know, timing of release and having the most, you know, having all the functionality you want and whether or not we say it. So that's, I, I think that's like, there's a great book about it. Actually, I want to say 1800s called the Captains of Finance, Thorsten Veblen. And it's really about like an economist talking about like, you know, the engineers will always engineer the best possible solution. And then the financiers always like try to bring it to profitability. So like granted, we hit, there's that, that struggles alive. Every technology tech company, I think. Was it difficult to figure out how many animals to include and what traits to include in those animals? And so now I'm going to go to the, the antithesis that or the opposite, my bad, is that this thing was the like, e- not easiest, but like the most fun project to work on because I think it's the crew that we had assembled which we were all just kind of, oh yeah, let's do that. Oh, that's, that's effing awesome. Yeah, let's do that. All right, let's go. Let's go. All right, cool. Like it's the, like the easiest like management group I've ever worked with. Like everybody's just on the same page. Everyone's like respects each other and like, and, uh, and like, you know, what they bring to the table. And it was like a great, it's a, like, it's been a fun and great partnership. So I think a lot of those things that would be deemed, I don't know, like tough coming up. I mean, we didn't have, it's just been like, it's been eerily a lot of fun. Like Those are the best, man. Those are the best projects, right? And Ethan, I don't know, you didn't make a reference to the book. You know, every book in creation. <laughs> I was waiting for the reference, man. <laughs> Except this one. What was that? What was the author's name again? Thorsten Veblen. Thorsten? Thorsten? T-H-O-R-S-T-I-E-N. Thorsten Veblen. Victor Echo Bravo Elian, I guess. Darn MIT student references. Yeah. Oh, that's not too I think that was a high school I stole that. He said it. <laughs> no, I just mean the type of person that goes to MIT would reference that book. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, <laughs> yes, of course they read it when they were kindergarten. <laughs> Anyways, you're deep here and you're digging yourself deeper in NFTs by co-creating the future of it, just like we are here. So you're a great person to ask, you know, what are you thinking the future is looking like? You're creating a little bit of it, but let's say we were to look down the line here five or 10 years. Do you have an imagination of what we might see or at yeah. least things you think will stick around? So I don't know about the years, right? I definitely think ticketing on your phone, right, is a thing, right? Passing tickets off and having uh, authors and creators and uh, always being like paid in perpetuity as, you know, this transaction happen, I think is a thing of the future. And I think it's like a, a long-term sustainable and economical metric for that, for this type of technology. I think, you know, people talk about having what you've created into like the metaverse, right? You know, that term gets thrown around a lot. And I kind of think whether it's through NFTs or not, I think that's the way the world's going. You know what I mean? I think we're going to be playing a video game and I sit down in a conference room and that's how I sit and work. So I think the gaming element in general is more like I go there, I sit, I push a button and then boom, this Zoom meeting happens, right? Or like more of the ready player one-esque type thing. I think that, I think we get closer to that. I'm not sure if it's in 10 years, I hope. We need to allow our podcasts to earn F- NFTs by like being an awesome podcast guest, right? Like we could gamify the whole thing. And like, you know, as long as you, every time you say, holy moly, you get an NFT holy or something like moly. that. <laughs> holy You guys Dude. are never going to let me live that one down. <laughs> <Sorry. Yeah. laughs> Has nothing to do with you, Josh. Just the fact that the whole word holy moly is funny. Kid. So <laughs> we're going to have like a mouth, though. Yeah. proof of holy moly was stated on the show um nft got it when people say holy moly i think of macaroni i don't know is that a thing is that just <laughs> yeah holy moly macaroni whatever right, cool. i know it's not i don't i oh, think those okay. don't go together but they do not 
But by the way, we don't really have censorship on this show. You can say whatever you want. I, I do feel though, like, I mean, as our audience has grown, I've been a little bit more conscious of sort of the words I use. I feel like I was tossing around the F word a little bit more in those <laughs> early days than I have in recent episodes now that we have like people that listen and maybe they're listening with their son or daughter. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't know. I like and by the tossing idea of it us, around. Yeah, by tossing it around, Josh means saying literally the words, the F word. So, you know, again, from the holy moly guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. H-E doubles hockey sticks. Why don't we move on to the next segment? J-E-double-F. Yeah, <laughs> you got it, man. Eddie, so I hey, appreciate you giving us the details on uh, CryptoZoo. Couldn't be more pumped about it. I mean, we're, we're big fans of it and uh, excited to see where you guys take this thing. But we wanted to shift gears a little bit, man, and, and ask you some questions, get a sense for your personal perspective on some things. These yeah. are called Edge Quick Hitters. It's a fun, quick way to get to know you a little better. 10 uh, questions. Like a, is this speed dating? You guys could try to take me home after this, dude? Yeah, you know, sure. you never know, man. Depends on your answers. You, you, give me you a know, drink first. <laughs> you got it, man. Short, you know, single word or few word answers. But if you want to indulge and get a little uh, expansion to these answers, feel free to do so. Yep. Okay. Ready to dive in? No, but let's do it. Okay. Right <laughs> on. Question number one. What's the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Ninja Turtle. Are nice. we talking about like a video game or a, no, uh, a toy. animal? Actual toy? toy. Oh, okay. A Michelangelo hard plastic. Oh, nice. Score. That's cool. You still have any things like that? Any of those physical things floating around? Nah, man. I wish I did. It'd be good collectibles. Yeah, for sure. Fluid. All right. Question two. What's the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? I've got ramen noodles. All right. Okay. Gotta, what's, you, the, you, what's the back story there? The story, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who so wants I went to, to buy ramen noodles? Oh, man. But I got, <laughs> so guy. I went to a military boarding academy, right? Like my pretty much my whole like adolescent life and then like the food was okay i don't want to disrespect the school but like it wasn't my favorite food i remembered we could go and, and like it wasn't costco it was, like bj's wholesale club and you get out every weekend i'd go out i'd spend like i don't know, like 15 bucks or something like 10 bucks on like a bunch of ramen and i'd flip them for like two bucks each because no one will like the food there either you know what i mean so it's really saying something when ramen noodles yes. are an upgrade on the food <laughs> exactly when i, I was don't know jeff say. was that your experience at West Point, no, no, we had good chow up there, man. Yeah, oh, you went to West Point? I did, and they they stuffed us full of all kinds of yummy calories all day long. I went to New York Military Academy. So you were south. Oh, you're right up there. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that's all awesome. cool. <laughs> so cool. When I was in college, trying to save money on food, <laughs> I remember not only eating the ramen noodles, but only eating half of the serving, and then saving the rest of the serving for like another meal. Do not do that. Because when you like eat leftover ramen noodles, you find out that like they turn into some other chemical like property thing. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's some type of like chalk and. Dude, but like after ramen noodles, man, I made a quick upgrade. So then that summer, like one of the summers, I remember, do you remember GTA, but when it was like look down version and the same like era when Starcraft was out, right? One of my buddy's dads worked at Novell or something like that. And he brought back these burn discs and then the game was on it. You know, so you didn't need the CD-ROM to play. The whole game was on it. So then like, I was just going around installing GTA on people's computers for like, and it, they went for like 50 bucks. I was like 10 bucks. You know what I mean? And then that's when I learned that the marginal cost in software, right, is very small and you can make a lot of revenue off, right? And that's what I was. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, well, let's, let's move on. Let's go to question three. What's the most recent thing you purchased? These shoes and the Nike signs of Shark. Oh, like, oh sick, man. fashion, dude. Yeah. Love the love that. Too bad it's not a bear shark, though. Was I know. that a uh, or a was that shark. a exclusive drop, or did you just uh, pick those up? 
in Selvo, there's like a store stadium goods. And then I just go there and they're way more hip than I am. So nice. Thanks. Nice. Uh, question four. What's the most recent thing you sold? Facebook stock. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> this is not financial I think, advice. I think Eddie knows something we don't know. <laughs> right on. We'll move on from there. Question number five. What's your most prized possession? My most prized possession is probably, I mean, this is like inanimate objects, right? Like, yeah, I mean, have to say kids, right? But uh, I would have to say I have a Philadelphia Phillies bobblehead of the Philly fanatic. And I'd say that's probably something I take with me. Yeah, man. That's all right. Question six. If you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical service and experience, it's currently for sale. What would it be? Definitely would be on the experience level, like the physical stuff, not as much experience. You know what I'd do? I'd probably get a, a private show with Pearl Jam or something like that. If I could buy anything. Yeah. Oh, there you, we need to introduce you to the, to our previous interview just before. I mean, oh, close relationship with Pearl Jam. Like, <laughs> I would love that. And I think, yeah, I would do that. That would be sick. Yeah. Do it on like a cruise, invite all your friends or whatever. They have those, uh, those concert cruises, right? I don't want my friends there, dude. I just, yeah, I just like, you oh, up right here. Dude. No, maybe <laughs> meeting like a special someone or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, pretty soon you'll be able to do that holographically with, uh, NFTs and that's and true. Everything. Indeed. All right. Question seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would that be? Gosh, I usually get, I'm probably none of them, I guess probably be better for everyone. I mean, it's kind of weird, dude, talking about yourself. I live in one little space in the mind, right? And mm -hmm. in between pain and sadness, right? And I live right in between, you know yeah. what I mean? And then what's cool about that is like, whatever, I feel like everybody's got that type of stuff. Some people forget it, they put it on the shelf. But like in between that, man, there's power, bro. Like the stuff that like, if you can turn your tears into energy, bro, you can go three nights straight. So I guess I would, uh, the ability to, I don't know, regurgitate that or turn that into strength. Again. Yeah, right on. Yeah, a lot of, nice. lot of uh, kind of self-awareness around that as well, right? Right on. All right, well, Let's flip it on its head. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? Oh God, most of them. <laughs> Where do you want to start? I guess, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Some people who know me think I have a flip switch. So I guess maybe I'd probably like get rid of that one. Ah, got it. Got it. That's cool. All right. A little easier. Question nine. What'd you do just before joining us on the podcast? I was helping someone with like an, an e-commerce problem that they had. Which right. is I'm cool. glad you didn't have to help somebody like sign up for a MetaMask wallet. <laughs> I've been doing that too, man. I know. That's part of the deal of starting any kind of NFT project is spending hours on the phone with your friends to get them to like figure out how to use a MetaMask. But that's why I love our community, man. Like, but we don't know anything about that. No, no I mean, we, we've dumb. heard of that happening. <laughs> Dude, that's why I love the zoo community, man. These guys are like rock stars. I mean, they come in, they help. I'm, I'm sure all the communities do, right? They come in, they help each other educate and they make our job so easy. Yeah, awesome. for sure. Fact, we have so many who've gone through those 13 steps to purchase Zoo, right? You know what I mean? Right. We appreciate that. But you guys also had a credit card option. Yeah, we tried work, working with that until the merchant shut us down. Interesting. So yeah. it sort of shows, I mean, but you didn't even mention that as a, a challenge. So it just kind of, kind of flows with your energy and everything that you've talked about on the show. But it also shows that this is still nascent technology and not everyone is sort of on board yet, right? I hope, hopefully Visa is, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, that was a symbolic gesture for sure, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so interesting. 
Cool, man. Well, last one, question 10. Again, an easy one. What are you going to do next after uh, the podcast? I'm going to use the restroom. There it is. All right. That's <laughs> a wrap. Do it during the podcast. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Edge Quick Haters, man. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. So look, dude, it's been great chatting with you, getting to know you better, learning about the project and want to keep people posted, dude. Like, so where can go, folks go to stay abreast of what's going on, get the hottest, latest info? Sure thing. So I would say like, if you go to cryptozoo.co, and like hit our Instagram or Telegram, one of those, the links are on that site. I think uh, I think it'd be interesting. And you may find something more than just the links on that site if you look hard enough. Oh, okay. Some special inside info there, folks. So uh, go check it out and see what the latest and greatest is. How about you yourself, uh, Eddie? Do you got, you got any socials or anything like that that, uh, that you're active on or is it uh, primarily company stuff? No, I mean, like, so given my background, I always tried to stay away from social anything and like social gatherings, talking to people like have yeah. to sell your Facebook stuff. That's right. <laughs> but then, uh, but then uh, yeah, I have a I have an Instagram account. I think like everybody does. And yeah, you know, I just, it's, it's boring. It's just me and my kids. So it's not anything worth following. Got Except it. Got it. All good, man. All good. And I think we'll be putting a little uh, giveaway together, something fun for our listeners. We'll do something sure. pretty cool. We'll share details on our socials later, but we always love doing some fun things like that, doing some contests and whatnot. So keep an eye out for that, folks. So we have reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. Al, go to iTunes right now, rate us and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Want to help co-create Edge of NFT with us? got guests you want to see on the episode, questions for hosts or guests, an NFT you'd like us to review, drop us a line at contact at edgeofnft.com or tweet at us at edgeofnft to get in the mix. Lastly, be sure to tune in next week for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today.